Hi moms, if you're looking to sell your engagement jewelry, Worthy is the perfect option. With over 45,000 satisfied customers, Worthy is the most trusted name in the business. Would I bring you anything less? Worthy offers competitive auctions and gets you the best deal possible on your jewelry. Plus, I've connected with Worthy on a special bonus offer for the Moms Moving On community. A $100 Amazon gift card when your jewelry sells for over $1,500. Ready to move on from that engagement ring? Get started today at worthy.com slash moms. That's worthy.com slash moms for the special bonus offer. This week on Moms Moving On. We're asked as divorcing people, and you know, because you did it, to make some of the hardest decisions of your life when you are your most emotional and upset. Like, don't you think that's just like a backwards ass process a little bit? It's horrible. And not only are we asking to make all these decisions in a very emotional time, most of the decisions we're asking you to make, we make them appear to be bigger than they are. Ooh, thank you for admitting that. 100%. Life moves on, so why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Moms Moving On. I have my friend Seth Nelson on with me today. He's the founding attorney and managing partner at NLG Divorce and Family Law. He's a Tampa-based family lawyer known for devising creative solutions to difficult problems. He's been through a divorce and he has a young child. And as difficult as the divorce process can be, he says that when kids are involved, he can help things get better. And I truly believe that. But we're going to talk about something a little different today. We're not going to talk about the kids per se, but we're going to talk about life behind the scenes as the managing partner of a family law firm and all the shit that goes down. Seth, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me back. I'm so excited to see you. Congratulations on the success of your book and coming out in paperback now. It's it's all happening. That's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I love that you're back because our last conversation was, you know, very insightful and and structured and tailored. And now I just want to know, you know, I am at a place in my life where after seeing what I've seen with clients, I can imagine you play referee more than you don't. And so I want to hear like maybe what a what not to do from your perspective on getting divorced for our listeners. Well, let's talk about one thing that comes up all the time is let's say you're already divorced and you're dating somebody new and that person's going to be a step parent or they're going to be involved in your kids' lives. What okay, does that we're coming part- in hot here, huh? Yeah, we're going go right, right to at that. it. Okay. Right okay. at it. Okay. Because you never know who's going to come into your children's lives. Now, Mm -hmm. I have a view on this. You can't have too many people that love your kid. So right away, you'll think that person might be bad or the enemy or trying to fill your shoes. But you have to, one, give them the benefit of the doubt. And if you are the former spouse and you're going to start bringing someone around the children, I think it's nice to send a text or give a call. Hey, you're going to start hearing this person's name. This is who it is. It is hundred percent. That's that's the menchie thing to do, right? right? But most people take the stance of like, I don't owe them anything. And so, how do you help your clients see that from the child's perspective? 
That's right. And you don't owe them anything. You're not required to do anything. A court's not going to say you have to tell them when you're going to start dating someone. So this is just practical advice. So you don't have to hire guys like me. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> save some money, send a nice text and say, I just want to keep you informed. I started seeing someone. I'm going to start bringing them around the children. If you hear this name, that's who they're referring to. Okay. And I find in my, with my clients and I work 95% with women, it's, they're the ones fighting for something added to the parenting plan, you know, that there needs to be a period of time before the children can meet the other person. And so many times the client of mine who is fighting hardest to have this put into the parenting plan ends up meeting somebody before their ex even does. And now they're, you know, they found the love of their lives and they want to know if the this love can withstand the children. And now they've bury themselves with this clause in their parenting plan. How do you feel about people adding this to their plans? Really? Because I have my own It's a terrible, terrible provision. That's my view. And I see the concept is good. The -hmm. concept is, look, we don't want people coming in and out of our children's lives. We want to make sure this is a stable, healthy relationship that you want to have a long term before you introduce them. All of that is great. But enforcing it in a legal sense is really hard. Like when it says you have to be dating for six months before you introduce the children. What, when did you start dating? How am right. I do we get like an official months? start date? Right. <laughs> yeah. Do exactly. we clock in? Exactly. Um, and and so, you know, when I ask my clients, because I never tell them put that in or don't put that in, I say why? Why why do you feel you need to know that that person is, you know, or why do you feel that six months is okay? And it often really just comes out, you know, it's it's hard for a mom to give up that control and not knowing who's coming in and out of the child's life, like you said. And and then I said, well, what is what is that six months going to give you that you can't get in, let's say, three months? Are you going to be more comfortable with it after six months? And I think there's, you know, there's a lot more awareness of the why behind wanting to add that in. But I mean, is it even really enforceable? Like if somebody doesn't have the conversation? Is it worth going to court and spending thousands of dollars to say, this person didn't ask me first? My answer to that would be no, I don't think it's worth it. But I do have some tidbits that I think are helpful. So you are now dating someone, you have a new man in your life. And what is his role in supporting you when you are parenting your children and co-parenting with your former spouse. Mm. I think that's an important conversation for people to have with their person they're dating, their new fiance, their new spouse. Here's my view on it. Your new fiance, your boyfriend has one job when it comes to your children and your former spouse. One job and it's easy. It's to support you. Mm-hmm. You do not need to be arguing with your boyfriend about arguing with your ex-husband. That's not support. I wish wish you could say that again. There's too many I'll say it again. Say it again, You cannot be with someone that you're arguing with your boyfriend about arguing with your Mm ex-husband. Because that person's supposed to be there to support you. And now you have two arguments instead of one. Right. And I see it all the time. And I don't, I mean, it's, 
this is where I tell people to to take take the space to be alone versus jumping into something where you're going to add more chaos to your life, your children's lives. But it's hard to do because, I mean, you know, you're divorced. It's you come out of a marriage and you're like, will anybody like me? Is there anybody out there? And so I'm people single, find themselves I have three kids. I'm divorced twice. Whatever the case may be, yeah. you're going to have that self doubt. Yeah. But you're looking for someone that's going to support you and make you stronger and not tear you down. And so. I think you have to have that conversation with them. And this is how it goes is you need to be clear. The guy is not a mind reader. So tell them, I'm about to vent to you and I don't want you to fix my problem. Mm -hmm. But you have to tell them because guys are going to want to fix the problem. Yes, that's true. And, and if you want to help me through this, all I need you to do is listen, don't fix it. And at the end, Give me a hug. Take me to dinner. We won't talk about, it. you know, pour me a glass of wine, but that's all I need you to do. And if the guy truly loves you and supports you, he should be thinking in his mind, holy shit, this is easier than fixing it. Right. <laughs> yes, I, <laughs> I don't have to all, do any work here. <laughs> that's all I have to do is keep my big mouth shut. It's hard for me, but it's easier than fixing the problem. Uh -huh. And so that's one thing. Well, so I feel... I see, you know, a lot of clients will come to me and they'll say, you know, my ex was so controlling. He's definitely a narcissist, which I, you know, I don't like that word that too much, but then they'll get into relationships where the, the new partner, the new partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever is fueling that. Yeah. Don't talk to him. He's an asshole. He doesn't treat you well. And the kids don't deserve to see him. He cheated on you. And then they have these people in their lives that are basically doing the same thing the ex did in a That's different right. way. And it's so painful to watch. I don't know how we got on this from the parenting plan piece, but whatever, this is important information. Well, because too. It's how people introduce these people. Yes. So that's how we like start talking about it. Right. But on that piece where that's what you're looking for in someone you want to start walking your life next to in this world. Mm -hmm. And if they're controlling, if they're trying to get in the middle of that relationship, if they're doing X, Y, and Z, it's going to be their insecurities, which mm -hmm. means they're overstepping their bounds. They're mm -hmm. overstepping their role. And so a big place people overstep roles is dealing with kids because now they're around the kids and the kids shockingly don't do everything they're supposed to do. They don't always behave. They don't just follow what mom's saying. And I'm just saying mom and boyfriend because it's easier so we don't have to keep repeating who's who in this in these hypotheticals. But if a kid isn't doing what they're supposed to do and you're the boyfriend, here's my suggestion. You don't tell them what to do. All you need to do is say, I've got some advice for you if you want to hear it. I can maybe help you through this. I'm, I'm laughing because that's so my husband, like, do, do you want to hear what I think? Or, and that's usually I'm like, no, I don't want to hear what you think. No, <laughs> leave me alone. But when you say that to a kid, they might say, well, yeah, I said, then you say, I think you should do what your mom asked you to do. And I would even go a step further and don't just clear the dishes. Why don't you wash them and put them in the dishwasher? And mm -hmm. then at the end, go tell mom, I really appreciate the dinner you made. Mm -hmm. That would be my advice. You yeah. do what you want, but I see a train wreck coming. It's up to you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And the other, and the, and I am telling you right now, a lot of what I'm telling you are things that I've learned in my own personal life over the years. But I was talking to 
my fiance's 16 year old about an issue. And I said, do you want to have an adult conversation about this and hear my advice and counsel and I'll treat you like an adult? Or would you like to have the child conversation? Well, what's a 16 year old going to pick? He's going to pick the adult conversation. Of course. And so I said, here's the adult conversation. We had a conversation. He goes, just out of curiosity, what's the child conversation? I'm like, just do it. <laughs> like I said, but you're not five years old, you right. know? So right. use your brain. Right. So. Okay. So let's go back to the ridiculousness of um, what you get to witness day in and day out. Lucky you. What are some other things you see and you're just like, oh God, this is not going to be good. Having arguments over physical items that cost okay. less than my attorney's fees to argue about them. Okay. Such as? You're arguing over the yard equipment. You are literally moving into a condo. You will not need the yard equipment. <laughs> That's so funny. Yes. Okay. That's a good point. Well, it, and it all. You do not want her to have it or her new boyfriend to have it or her aunt and uncle or parents to have it. You just don't want her to have it. Right. And that's the problem. It's a pride thing, right? Like, why should she have my yard equipment? She's, you know, getting the house and and half my IRA, you know, like, why should she have it? It's like a principal thing. And like, I always like to say, there's definitely no principle in co-parenting and divorce, but who am I? Um, so and how I do you have, help? I have yeah. my principal speech. Which is? If someone says it's the principle of the matter... <laughs> I will tell them directly, I am not going to ask you to change your mind on this because it's your principles. It's the core of who you are. And if that's your core, it's a fool's errand for me to try to change it. But I have a question for you. If it's the principle of the matter, it's the core of who you are, you know it's the right thing. Yeah. Why are you going to give me a lot of money? to go in front of a governmental employee uh -huh. to convince that governmental employee to tell you that your principles are right. And that governmental employee happens to be a judge. So do you care <laughs> <That's> so good <laughs> that a governmental employee agrees with your principles? And if the answer is yes, they're not really your principles. You're doing this for another reason. But if they do agree, you're going to say, look, I was right. If they don't agree, you're not going to self-evaluate your principles. Right. You're going to say they got it wrong. Mm -hmm. So what are we doing here? And by the way, sign this document that says I'm advising you not to pay me a lot of money to go to court to argue over your principles. And thank you for paying for my son's college education. <laughs> That's terrible, but it's true. <laughs> it's so true. But sometimes you have to put it in those very frank terms. So they understand where their money is going right. as and opposed thank God, to their children. But thank God they have someone like you because the majority of lawyers don't are not steering anybody away from any argument because another argument means more money. And that's what's so unfair. But I mean, I think in general, not that, you know, life is fair or anything, but we're asked as divorcing people, and you know, because you did it, to make some of the hardest decisions of your life when you are your most emotional and upset. Like, don't you think that's just like a backwards ass process a little bit? It's horrible. And not only are we asking to make all these decisions in a very emotional time, 
most of the decisions we're asking you to make, we make them appear to be bigger than they are. Oh, thank you for admitting that. 100%. Wow. When you were married, did you ever once sit down and look at a calendar and figure out when you're going to have your children? Not once. Not you might a have looked at a, You might have looked at a calendar to figure out when you can get a babysitter so you don't have your children. Oh my God, you are so right. Never. So why do, why do we do this? How do we change we, this? We do it because the law requires us to have a parenting plan and yeah. that requires a schedule. And now you get everyone focused on the schedule and people will tell me all the time, I want 50-50. Mm-hmm. And I say, no, you don't. And they're like, what are you talking about? Yes, I do. I said, so I'll give you a 50-50 plan. You have a 10-year-old. You have eight years left. You want a 50-50 plan, right? Right. Okay, so you're good with any 50-50 plan I come up with, right? Right. I said, okay, here we go. Mom gets the next four years. You get 14 to 18. It's Mm 50-50. They're like, that's stupid. I don't want that. I said, see, you don't want any 50-50 plan. Because right. that 50-50 plan doesn't work best for your kid. Right. Yeah. So let's get away from 50-50. Let's talk about quality time. Well, aren't we getting away from 50-50 here in Florida a little bit? In the cases that I'm involved in. Yeah. In I practice now all over the state. Majority of is in the Tampa Bay area, um, four or five different counties. I truly believe that these judges come to these cases in their minds of it's 50-50, tell me why it shouldn't be. That's not what the law says. Right. The law says in Florida, there's 20 different categories that you look at and determine what the plan should be. And, and it's, the law gives them no guidance on which factor they should weigh more or less. Right. And I think it's, you know, lawyers are put in a difficult position because yes, they do the amazing work of legally separating two people, divorcing two people who no longer want to be married. But, you know, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you were in law school, was there any education around what's best for kids at every age in the divorce process or adverse childhood experiences? There wasn't, right? Zero, zero, zero. And that goes to your point, what we were talking about. We make you look at these things and we are arguing about stuff in the most vulnerable positions, right? The plan isn't the most important thing. The plan is not the most important thing in your kids' lives. No. The most important in your kids most important thing in your kids' lives is that their parents aren't in conflict. Oh my God. My heart is exploding. This is why I created my moving on method divorce certification program because you can be a divorce coach or a divorce lawyer or a divorce professional all day long, but to have the knowledge to help the children is something altogether different. And that's what I think so many people in, in the family law industry need, not to toot my own horn, but I think it's a really important four days of learning for people who just want to help their clients have divorces their kids don't have to recover from one day because the conflict is just awful. And what it does, little, little, little by little, that that builds up to something so big, it's almost too hard to undo. And your children, it's just terrible. And Michelle, that's why I love what you're doing. That's why I'm so thrilled to be back on the show because you play the long game. Yeah. 
And when I mean long game, I don't mean if you're divorcing and your kid's four, that you're worried about 14 or 18. We're talking 24, 34, 44, because you want your children to come to you in good times and bad to support them and celebrate with them. And you cannot have that type of relationship if you totally trash the other parent and you screw it up in the divorce. Well, and I, this is what I say all the time. It's like your kids are adults for far longer than their children. And do you want to have to spend all that time repairing with them when they know better and they're sick of you and can't believe how you messed up their childhood? Probably not. 100%. That's a great way to get off my soapbox here. They're calling it the Bible for all divorcing moms. I can't believe it, but that's what they've said about my book, Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self. Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who's been through it and come out on the other side, me. Through inspirational stories, rituals, journal prompts, and my guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mom, shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self and create the life you truly deserve. It's available in paperback, hardcover, audiobook, and Kindle. So go get my book. I promise you won't regret it. Okay, what else? Give me more. Give me some like juicy details. I'll I'll tell you this is something that we deal with a lot, which I did not realize there was so much of this in our society until I practiced family law, is how much mental illness and addiction there is and how that really drives divorce. Yeah. And how you will try to protect your children from that and shield them from those types of behaviors and the other spouse and the other parent. And I have a little different view take on it, which might be a little controversial. I want to hear it because I'm a little controversial. So we're probably aligned. I don't think it's, I mean, there's always safety issues. So if you have a parent who is an alcoholic and has DUIs and yes, absolutely do what you got to do. Make sure that they're not driving while intoxicated. Okay. Um, I think it's really important to, in a healthy way, teach children how to, in essence, manage the situation that they're in at whatever level they can manage it when they're dealing with a parent with um, mental health issues or with alcohol issues. When you say mental health issues, I want you to clarify because everybody listening to this is saying, oh yeah, my ex is a narcissist. What do you mean by mental health issues? If they're bipolar and they should be on medication. Clinically diagnosed, not we think he is bipolar. That's right. That's right. Clinically diagnosed. And it's okay if you're listening to the show saying, well, my husband's a narcissist, but he's not clinically diagnosed because he won't go. Well, you can still teach your child how to deal with difficult people. Because your child's going to deal with difficult people throughout their lives, whether they're related to them or not. My heart is smiling. Like, I love being on your show. I always love chatting with you. So we've done (laughs) other couple shows together. It's always great catching up. Now, here's something in Florida that people should know. 
in a parenting plan, it is required by law that either parent is allowed to take a child to see a mental health professional. This is new. Do not need to have permission from the other parent. Progress in the state of Florida, everybody. Yeah, this was this is huge. And and I think thank God, because you know what? Our our kids in these times need it and they need one person advocating for their mental health. That's right. And so if your other spouse does not agree, the statute says you're allowed to do it. It should be in your parenting plan. A judge should not sign off on that parenting plan unless it's in there. And the point of that is give your kid an outlet. Give your kid somebody to talk to for that hour a week or every two weeks or three weeks or once a month when it's all about them with someone who doesn't have the agenda. Because as a parent, I have an agenda. Yeah. Even if you you say you don't, you do. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's either that maybe your agenda is that you want your kid to be the best person they can be, but you're going to influence that. Mm -hmm. Right. So give them the outlet, make sure it works. You can inform the other parent and you can tell the kid, I'm not going to ask. This is your time. If you want me there, I'm happy to go. If you want me to talk to them, I'm happy to be supportive, but this is your time. Now I'm giving broad generalizations. It's different than with a 10-year-old or a 7-year-old than it is with a 15-year-old. Mm-hmm. So you got to got to work that out. So okay. that would be another big one is a lot of mental health and alcohol addiction. I um and when it comes to alcohol addiction, I I empathize because it's scary enough to hand your children over to somebody you no longer trust or love or like and you won't have control over blah blah blah. But when there's that added piece, I mean seek any and all help that you can to ensure that your children are safe. Even if someone's gaslighting you and telling you you're crazy, go with your gut there. Um, and I, I will one, tell you, Soberlink yeah. is there are amazing. Oh, they are. They sponsor <laughs> yeah. my show too. So okay, awesome. I was about to do that disclaimer. They do an amazing job because it's independent, real-time third-party verification. I have used them in cases that where my client was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. but it kept my client on the straight and narrow mm-hmm. because they had to blow all the time. Mm-hmm. I've had it where my client was accused of being an alcoholic and looked me dead in the eye and said, I am not. And I said, okay, will you not drink for six months straight, six months straight to see your kids? The client said, absolutely. Not like no hesitation. And literally we ordered Soberlink, wasn't required, not court ordered. And six months straight, by the time we got to mediation and they said, oh, has a drinking problem. I'm like, here's six months of past test. It's Just it's magic. Away. It really is. It's a level of accountability that yep. you have to be so grateful for in these situations. I have one last question for you. The term parental alienation, from a lawyer's perspective, can you speak on that a little bit? It's just like narcissist. It is literally a diagnosis. And when you say your other parent is is alienating your child, you should change that to they're trying to alienate the child. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean yeah. they're going to succeed. 90% of the relationship you have with your child is all based on you. Yes. And I always tell people just just because somebody says something doesn't make it true. Children do not go based off of what they're told. They don't listen. Kids don't listen. They go by how they feel. And if dad's saying mom's not good, but the kids feel safe, secure, and warm with mom, where are they going to lean towards mom? And and they're going to figure it out. 
and they're going to figure it out when they're 2018. They figure actually they figure it out sooner than you think. I figured it out at 13, my friend. I was a savvy one. There you go. Yep. Yep. And, and I, and it's one thing I can hang my hat on and put money on that your kids will always know who's who and what's what it's a given, but how does the court look at parental alienation these days? It's like the term narcissist. It gets thrown around so often it's overused. So I don't talk in court on broad brushstrokes because the courts heard it all before. Mm-hmm. I give very specific details and explain the story about what happened on stuff I can prove and then Good how it you. impacts the kids. Yeah, You always have to have that connection. Your ex might be doing a ton of stupid stuff. It might have no impact on your kids because they're figuring it out already. And that's Don't where I come in as a coach. A yeah. We, we, we talk off the ledge all the time. Like, okay, yes, it's horrible that he's spending his weekends at strip clubs, but what does that have to do with the children or, you know, and, and there's so many things that we take as a personal attack that our kids may never even know about and how to separate your emotions from what this person is doing from what actually matters long-term for the kids. Um, yeah, well, you just, about covered. And I think you said all the right things. Did you say it on purpose or are we just like, we're on the same page here? <laughs> We've always been on the same page because we care about kids and we see it that the fighting isn't necessarily, what you're fighting for isn't necessarily the most important thing. Sometimes not having the fight is more important. And people don't see it because they feel like they're being attacked and they need to fight back. And I just say, lower your expectations. You get people get upset because their expectations aren't met. If you go out to a fine restaurant, call it a steakhouse, okay? And your steak comes out in 90 seconds, you're going to be like, what is going on here? If it takes 10 minutes and you have appetizers or, you know, no problem, you're in fast food and your food takes 10, 15, 20 minutes to come out, there's a problem. Right. Because your expectations are different. Right. And so you tell me all these bad things about your spouse, then he does something stupid and you're upset. And I'm like, why are you upset? Right. Your expectations are too high. This is where I feel bad for you guys in the family law industry because us as coaches, so at least my coaches and myself, we help. Part of the initial process is, modifying and managing expectations. Like, what are you expecting? And what has, what has history shown us with this person, right? Like where, where our expectations are our problem. I believe expectation is the root of all heartache as Shakespeare once said, but it's so hard for you guys. I mean, you're not, you, you can't play therapist. You can't be a coach. You can only follow the law. So I give you a lot of credit. And this, this episode was no means, you know, made to, made to make lawyers feel bad about fighting the good fight. You got to fight sometimes. You got to oh. do what you got to do. But Michelle, I have all these conversations we had today with my clients. This is how I practice law. I'm an attorney and counselor at law. The attorney part, you want to go to court? We got to do depositions. We like game on. Mm-hmm. Let's go. I'll bring it. Mm-hmm. Okay. The counselor at law part is helping people, helping people through the process, trying to figure out what's really important, looking mm-hmm. for solutions to problems, landing a turbulent plane, don't crash it, come in as smooth as we can. That's the attorney counselor at law part or the counselor at law part where the attorney part is game on. Let's go. 
Yeah. Well, I love that you you bring both. And I'm so glad you were on here with us again. Let's have a date every year, same time. Works for me, works for you. Great. Good I'm chat. <laughs> Where can everyone find you guys? You have to check out his podcast. It's called How to Split a Toaster. And it's the funniest name of any podcast I've ever been on. <laughs> and it's entertaining too. But aside from the podcast, where else can people find you? You can Google How to Split a Toaster. We will come up. Um, so listen to the podcast, enjoy, write your questions. We love listener questions. Uh, other than that, just go to NLG Family Law and you will find us or just Google Seth Nelson, Family Law Attorney, and I will come up and we're happy to help in any way that we can. We got a great legal team behind me um, and with me. Um, we got five lawyers now at, at our firm and we're continually growing and taking cases all over the state, but we're just here to help. Good stuff. Good stuff. And for those of you listening, I suggest you listen to the podcast of nothing more. If you have questions or you want to talk more about what not to do when getting divorced, you know where to find us. Info at momsmovingon.com. Check out our courses, workshops, coaching opportunities, and we'll see you next time on Moms Moving On. So you want to be a divorce coach, but the term divorce coach is a broad one because there is just so much you can cover in the world of moving on. Maybe you find yourself gravitating towards clients with high conflict co-parents, or perhaps you have a knack for helping women pull themselves out of bed when they feel overwhelmed with single mom responsibilities. No matter your ideal client, the one thread that will unite them all is that they're moms and moms need a different level of support when it comes to divorce coaching. With my moving on method, you'll not only learn how to best support a client through their divorce, you'll also learn how to help support them as they transition into their new role as co-parents and managing a coaching business. I'm Michelle Dempsey-Maltak, certified divorce and co-parenting specialist, and I founded the moving on method after years of working with clients from all over the world and seeing them all struggle with the same issues. In this training, you'll learn my five principles for helping a client with their moving on process, along with how to make your practice successful. Visit momsmovingon.com today to apply for my program. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.